When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. It is late night Sunday. This is podcast number two of the evening. Already did an NCAA tournament takeaways pod. So go back and check that out if you missed it. We're going to be talking about spring football on this one. Just going to kind of set the scene a little bit. I'll talk about some position groups and just questions that I have heading into spring ball. Before we really dive in, though, I did want to just kind of start by saying that everybody should basically take spring football with a grain of salt. It's easy to get carried away or to make sweeping generalizations based off what you see in spring practice and assume that it's going to translate come fall. But that's not always the case. You don't even have the entire roster on campus. There's going to be a lot of players that are new on campus. And so while the information is valuable and it's really nice that we're able to be there, that's not the case at CU. The access is going to be very limited in Boulder. Norvell, on the other hand, continuing to embrace the community, embrace the supporters, giving great media access. But we just got to remember to take everything with a grain of salt. Don't give too big of hot takes based on, you know, one practice that you may see every year. There are a couple guys that seemingly ball out all spring long are the quote unquote MVPs. If you can have an MVP of a practice period. And by the time the second week of fall camp rolls around, they're not even in the picture. That's not to say that we can't learn anything from spring ball. The defensive line dominating every single scrimmage last spring was a a pretty big glaring indication in hindsight that the O-line was definitely going to struggle. But it's hard to gauge some of that stuff in spring. Defense tends to be ahead of the offense at that stage of the year. There were a lot of transfers trying to come together, so you kind of have to give them just a little bit of slack in terms of needing time to develop together and establish continuity, chemistry. That never really happened in the season because of injuries. But mainly I just wanted to say take it with a grain of salt. It's kind of like training camp, I guess, in the NFL, but not even really because training camp's much closer to the season. The reps are obviously important for the players, especially for the transfer guys, the early enrollees. Sets the tone going into summer, kind of gives the the staff an idea of what that depth chart might look like. But just remember, we still have all of fall camp. And what you see in spring is not necessarily always an indication of what's to come. I mean, if that were the case, Melquan Stovall would have been an all-conference receiver for CSU last year. Of course, he ended up transferring out in the non-conference slate with a bunch of other guys. Looking back on that, kind of unfortunate just in terms of how much time the staff invested in players that ultimately weren't going to factor into the equation moving forward. But the good thing is probably not going to see anything like that again, at least in season. There's always going to be transfers. There's always going to be departures, especially as these rules continue to change to favor uh, player mobility. 
But that was just kind of a unique situation with the state of the roster guys that had played for three stabs, trying to mix so many different types of players. Just didn't really work out. But as we saw, as the season went on, the Rams got more competitive. The players that did choose to stick around seemed very invested. I thought during conference play, especially despite the results, you know, that team played their ass off, especially defensively. I look back at some of those performances. The Wyoming game comes to mind. They really laid it all out on the line. And that's why I think there's reason for optimism going into this spring. They're going to need the offensive line to significantly improve. That's going to be the biggest key for everything with the talent that you have returning at the skill positions, with the talent that you signed, with what you bring back defensively. There's a lot to like. There's a lot of reasons to feel fairly hopeful about this squad moving forward. The big key is just, can they improve up front? Can they even be like average? I'm not even asking for CSU to have the best offensive line in the conference or the country or something like that. Just be competent, be average. If you get average play out of this group, the offense is going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to put points on the board because you play a style that inherently produces points. You've got a gunslinger at quarterback and a ton of talent at the receiver position. Running back, it's intriguing as well with Avery Morrow coming back. They signed a couple of really dynamic athletes, but it all starts up front. The good thing, they signed 10 offensive linemen averaging six foot five, 300 pounds. A couple of them are coming from the high school level, a couple of JUCO guys, one D3 player, a one JUCO player, Ethan Erickson, I'm really intrigued by just because he competes in the strongman competition. He's listed at 6'4", 275 pounds, but he's apparently one of the strongest people in the country or the world. I'm not exactly sure how that works. I'll have to ask him about that at some point, but clearly that type of strength could be beneficial in the trenches, assuming that he has the footwork. Jacob Belton is a guy who's coming over from Long Beach City College, has a lot of length, six foot seven, 290 pounds. Drew Moss is a guy that's coming in from Lamar Community College with 22 starts at right tackle to his name, a lot of experience, and still has a couple of years of eligibility. Uh, all, Oliver Jervis started all 10 games at left guard for Monmouth from the FCS level. Savion Henderson coming in with quite a few starts for D2 Lane College. My point is there's a lot of guys coming in with a lot of size, a lot of experience, albeit at lower levels. If you can hit on a couple of those and a couple of the younger guys that they've been developing, if they can pan out as well, there's there's reason to be excited. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what some of these guys look like this spring, especially the transfers. I'm going to talk about some of the other position groups and questions that I have heading into spring ball in just a second. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case, no fee while they work on your case, and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. 
Additionally, there's no better time to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, than right now. We are in the heat of March Madness. You can get some pretty good odds on teams like Gonzaga, um, maybe San Diego State, if you believe in them, to pull off a miracle against Bama. We're about 17 days out from opening day, so you can still get those futures in for baseball. Maybe you want to just fade the Rockies because they're an embarrassment of a franchise. If you can't tell, I'm still not over that Nolan Arenado trade or them not hitting the over last year and killing my parlay with the Avs to win the cup. Why I trusted the Rockies? I don't know, but you can be smarter than me. You can bet on the Masters. That's coming up. The NBA right now, you can place a no sweat SGP. That's same game parlay. The more legs you add, the bigger the odds. And if your bet doesn't hit, you can get a bonus bet back up to $10. Nobody is hooking it up like the homies over at DraftKings. Download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Finally, one last shout out to the homies over at FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. FOCO has the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms, and they always have our back for Colorado sports, and we know they're going to have yours too. You can get the best gear around by using the link in my podcast description, or you can use the code DNVR for 10% off all non-presale items. Cool, cool, cool. Let's just jump right on into things. This isn't going to be a super long pod, but I do have the tendency to ramble once I get going, so I guess I shouldn't be making promises I might not be able to keep. But one of the things that I'm really interested to see is how is the chemistry between Clay Millen and some of the younger receivers like Justice Ross Simmons, Lewis Brown, both of those guys came on strong at the end of the year, especially Justice Ross Simmons. But what does the chemistry look like between Millen and those guys? Same goes for Makai Fox, uh, Jordan Williams at tight end, another guy that kind of flashed at the end. Early on, I don't think Millen necessarily trusted some of those guys on game day. And it was it was a tough spot with how many of the scholarship receivers decided to leave in September. Essentially, there were quite a few players that were probably on the field before they were ready, not for a lack of talent, but just in terms of where they were at in the playbook with their chemistry with Millen. But they got thrown into the fire because they didn't have enough bodies. And early on, I just think there were moments where Millen was locking in on on Horton because he wasn't quite on the same page with the other guys. The timing wasn't there, the chemistry, the rapport, however you want to phrase it, it just hadn't been developed enough yet. So I'm really excited to see what this group looks like. I think that the passing game should take big steps this year. And just having another year under their belt in this system, it's going to benefit Millen greatly. Those young receivers will take some of the pressure off the line. All good things, but this spring is where they can really work on a lot of that stuff and just kind of nail it down. Speaking of nailing it down, I'm going to be interested to see if anybody can nail down their position as the backup quarterback. Clay is going to be the starter as long as he's healthy. If he plays poorly in the regular season, maybe that'll get reevaluated, but certainly there's no question right now about who is going to be the starting quarterback for CSU football. It could really be anybody that ends up being the number two, though. We were able to see all those guys on the field at various points last year. Uh, Pooler, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, as well as Jackson Stratton. 
Pooler and Stratton are more of your traditional pocket style quarterbacks. Um, Stratton can move a little bit, I guess. Braden Fowler Nicolosi, a little bit more of a dual threat guy, offers that mobility. So it'll be interesting to see to me if any of those guys are kind of able to really take command of that number two spot. Additionally, after one of them does earn that backup role, whether it's this spring or after fall camp, I'll be interested to see if anybody out of that group ultimately transfers out. I think when you have that many quarterbacks, all the same class, the odds of them all sticking around, you know, it, it was never very high from the start. And that's fine. I mean, it's the modern era. Transferring is a part of college football. And honestly, you couldn't really fault the kids if they were in the program for a couple of years. It's clear that they're not going to have an opportunity to see the field. I might look elsewhere, too. Not everybody's willing to do the Justice McCoy route where you just keep your scholarship, get a degree, basically be content with being a career backup. I guess technically he did transition to wide receiver and was able to see the field a little bit that way. But I'd be shocked if Clay Millen, Jackson Stratton, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi are all at CSU for four years. If we're being completely honest, I'd be surprised if all three are still on the roster even at this time next year. That's not me floating any inside information or anything like that. It's pure speculation. But just looking at the scenario, you've got three guys all on scholarship, all the same grade, and that's not even factoring Giles Pooler, who also could be in that mix. My guess is somebody ultimately moves on, maybe even after this spring. One of the groups that I think I'm most excited to see is the tight ends. Vincent Brown, who comes over from the College of DuPage as well as Dallin Holker, who comes over from BYU, both bring uh, the ability to be threats as receivers, both have intriguing athleticism. They're different styles of tight end. Holker probably more uh, your traditional tight end could be impactful as a blocker, whereas Vincent Brown looks more like a Jordan Williams, uh, Cole Turner type. I mean, he's six seven, got a lot of length, has played receiver. Could be a guy that you use to stretch the seam and open up the the middle of the field with the vertical passing game. That was a component that was really missing. Holker, I think, could be a really reliable guy to move the sticks. We'll see how well he moves. Maybe he's a guy that you stretch the seam with as well. But tight end is a position that you need more production from in the passing game this year. I know part of last year's problem was that a lot of the time tight ends were having to serve as extra blockers. So this isn't me trying to rail against somebody or throw them under the bus or anything like that. I really thought that Tanner Arkin was going to end up being a great player at CSU. Seems like fit-wise just didn't end up working out. That said, Norvell has really talked up this tight end group. He talked them up big time on my podcast. He talked about it during his press conference in the winter about how this was one of the most intriguing group of tight ends that he had ever signed as a coach. And I think that's going to be one of the big factors outside of offensive line uh, improvement. I think getting the tight ends involved in the passing offense this year is going to be one of the biggest keys for CSU looking more like the Nevada teams we saw uh, the last couple of years that beat up on CSU. A lot of the highlight touchdowns stretching the field down the sideline was Romeo Dubs. It was even Torrey Horton to an extent, but I don't think people realize just how big of a factor Cole Turner played in that offense, just in terms of being a red zone threat, moving the sticks and opening things up. So I'm excited to see how those two look this spring, as well as in fall camp, uh, the offensive line again, Going back to what we talked about in the intro, we're going to kind of have to take all of our observations with a grain of salt. 
but it will be significant to me who ends up starting in the scrimmages as well as the spring game. They signed 10 guys, averaging out at six foot five, 300 pounds. Who can step up and, and improve in the trenches? I'm curious who can stand out at linebacker. You've got a ton of production to make up for. Cameron Carter, Daquan Jackson, those are a pair of guys that recorded an insane amount of tackles the last couple of years, ate up a lot of snaps as well. Neither of them are in the picture anymore. You did see some encouraging play on senior day out of Chase Wilson. So maybe he's able to step up. Drew Kulik, obviously, is a guy that worked his way into the rotation last year. But maybe some other young guys are able to step up. Linebacker is definitely one of the positions that I have the most question marks heading into spring and, and fall. I'm curious, how do some of these transfer corners look? Is is anybody kind of able to establish themselves as that number two corner opposite of uh, opposite side of Chigoze Anusium. A little bit of a tongue twister there. I've heard good things about uh, Terrell Grayson as well as Harges, who comes over from Oregon State. You love the returning talent you have in that secondary, especially at safety with Blackburn and Howell, Aiden Hector as well, who can kind of float between safety, nickel. His versatility is great. Chiggy, best number one corner CSU's probably had in a decade. But two through four is pretty much wide open at this point, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. And then Matt Thomas, the Rhode Island transfer coming in at defensive line. The the hope, I guess, basically is that he can be this year's CJ Onyeki. Also started his career at Rutgers, was ended up transferring over to Rhode Island, where he was able to have a, a pretty productive career, especially these last couple of seasons. But, you know, what type of impact is he able to make? The hope is that he can be an immediate contributor. You feel great with Mo Kamara coming back. A lot of the younger guys that flashed at the end of the year as well. You know, Mukendi, Wakalenji comes to mind. But there's going to be a lot of different groups to follow throughout spring. I'm looking forward to it. I'll have written content. I'll have podcasts. We'll get some players on. We'll get some coaches on. It's it's going to be great. I just want to make sure we all take everything with a grain of salt this spring. And just remember that we still have fall camp coming up. All right, that's all I've got on this one. Um, I've got some exciting content coming up. I'm going to have... Dorian Green on the podcast this week. We're going to talk about the 10-year anniversary of the NCAA tournament win over Missouri. I'm going to try and write something on that as well if I can talk to a couple other people. We'll have to see. But I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably write something on Spring Ball where I go a little bit more in-depth on some of the things that I just talked about. That'll probably be for uh, DNVR members only. But yeah, whatever's happening, Transfer Portal, Hoops News, Spring Football, I'm going to keep you updated throughout it all. Shout out to you guys for supporting the content. I hope that you enjoyed the NCAA tournament content. We're going to have some more of that throughout the week just because there's not, you know, a ton going on right now, CSU-wise. And we all love March Madness, so it, it works out well. Shout out to the presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that app. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. Much love, y'all. Peace. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi, feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.